Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Cody Smith, founder of Virtuous Fitness and Virtuous Grappling. Each week, we bring you new episodes focusing on fitness, nutrition, grappling, personal development, business, and much more. It's my mission to give you the information and tools you need to optimize your life through our Create Yourself mindset. If you enjoy this show, be sure to give it a rating and review on whatever platform you use, and be sure to click the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future episodes. All right, what's up, you guys, and welcome back to the show. This is the Milltown Marathon Recap episode. So I've got some pretty amazing stories to share with you guys. This um, was my first marathon that I've ever completed. And if you followed the show for any period of time, you know that running is not necessarily something that was in my wheelhouse a few years ago. However, it's something that I've really embraced you know, this whole concept of being a hybrid athlete has been extremely fascinating to me. Matter of fact, I was going on a run this morning. This was my first, uh, any sort of mileage that I've done since the marathon. As of recording this, the marathon was on Sunday and it is uh, Wednesday. So we're a couple days removed. And this is my first run that I've been able to do since then. Just wanted to make sure that I was able to recover and heal my body before I started getting back into it. And I was talking to a good buddy of mine this morning as we were on a run, and I was just essentially telling him about all of the the things that have kind of changed for me since I've really embraced this hybrid concept. You know, for me, my my background was primarily doing mixed martial arts, and I had found crossfitting through mixed martial arts, and that was like my strength conditioning program to get ready for all of my fights. And, and what's been fascinating about that entire process is I did get in shape. I had you know, gained a lot of strength. I had gained a, a ton of athleticism, but when I really looked at my fitness as a whole about a year and a half ago, I realized that there was a glaring weakness in, in me being a well-rounded athlete. If I want to live long and prosper and, and never have any sort of physical endeavor be, you know, take me out of the game from doing anything with my family or my kids or to be, to be able to participate in anything, that, that was something I just cannot allow to happen. So when I was looking at my fitness as a whole, I realized that running and, and true endurance training was a glaring weakness of mine. I mean, the most that I'd ever run. So I, I did run a half marathon a number of years ago. It was like the beginning of my fitness journey. But prior to that, I, there was no sort of like conditioning or, or running in the car to me. I remember once a year I would do this workout, uh, CrossFit, like hero specific workout called Clovis, which was essentially a 10 mile run with 150 burpee pull-ups. And I just remember every single year how after five or six miles, I would just start to fall apart. So as I went through, you know, the half marathon last year, I've got a few episodes talking about that if you guys want to go back and listen to that. But when I was going through my half marathon last year, it was absolutely incredible to see what the body was able to do. And then, you know, fast forward to this year doing the marathon, as I was telling my buddy this morning, is everything has improved through this longer endurance running. Like, sure, am I, do I have tip-top strength or tip-top, you know, power? No, but I'm able to run long long distances. I'm able to perform in CrossFit Metcons. I'm able to still do things like Olympic lifting, you know, the snatch, the clean and jerk. I can still squat heavy. I can still deadlift heavy. I can still move and do the different gymnastics movements. I can do handstand walks. I can do all these things. And now I can run for hours at a time. And for me, that's been an extremely fascinating thing to go through and to be able to experience. And, and I'm going to you know, shout from the rooftops that everybody needs to try this style of training because I just think that it is a true all-encompassing fitness. You, know, you take CrossFit and you blend it a little bit with 
endurance training and, and training for things like marathons and half marathons and ultra runs, you, you can really get a well-rounded level of athleticism in my opinion. So anyways, I was able to knock out the marathon. I had the goal of going sub four. I wanted to get less than four hours. That was kind of my, you know, my top tier goal. My secondary goal was to just make sure that I just didn't fall apart and walk and just run the entire time. And I'm happy to report I was able to do both. For my first marathon, I was able to finish in three hours, 51 minutes and eight seconds. And if you go back and listen to the episode that I did with my wife, Megan, she wanted to go sub two. Her previous marathon, I believe was like 207 or something like that, two hours and seven minutes. And she wanted to go sub two and she went 155. We actually had a really cool uh, kind of moment with each other when I finished the marathon, you know, I'll tell you guys a story, but let's just say I fell apart pretty quickly. My body began to cramp and shiver pretty, pretty bad once the marathon was over and I had finally stopped running. But, you know, we, uh, hugged her and, and, you know, gave her a kiss and she had been at the finish line because her race finished before mine and she was kind of cheering me on. And I gave her a hug and and kissed her and I said, how'd you do? You know, I didn't really want to talk about too much about how I was feeling or, or celebrate me. I wanted to celebrate her first. And she, she looked at me with this face as if she did not pass her goal. And then she had this, then she just, you know, cracked the biggest smile in the world. And she said she did 155. So she was able to hit her goal. And I could tell how happy and how excited she was. Um, but anyways, was able to hit my goal. She was able to hit her goal. So double win for the Smith family. But um, yeah, let's recap the race a little bit and talk about um, kind of the things that I experienced. So the race was on a Sunday. So this meant for us, you know, we've got three sons and, and two dogs. And this meant for us that we needed to find a place for everybody to go. So we've been working for the past few weeks to make sure that um, we had a place for our sons to go for you know, to go over friends' houses, and then the dogs were able to go to a, a dog kennel so that they could, you know, have some way to, to watch them and to play with them while we were going. So we did all of our drop-offs on Friday, and then we had a hotel. Uh, I'm sorry, this was on Saturday, and we had a hotel on um, Saturday evening that was about three miles from the start of the race. So this allowed us to drive over on Saturday. We even got to scope out the course a little bit. We looked at the start-finish line, drove around on the course a little bit, and then we needed to find ourselves some food. So um, I started my carb load on Thursday. Um, My normal carb load or my normal carb amount is typically between like 450 and 475. And I do that just because number one, um, and again, that's what I run for carbohydrates. I'm six foot five. I weigh 227 to 230 pounds most days. So there's a, there's a lot of me that needs to be fueled. So I was running that carbs, those amount of carbs. And then on Thursday I added 50 and went to, um, 500 to 525 and then added another 50 on, um, on Friday. And that took me to about 555.75. And then on Saturday, I was shooting for 600 carbs. So to make sure that we hit those carbs, once we got over there and we got settled and, and drove the course and kind of explored and make sure we had the lay of the land, um, which is, is really a lesson to those of you out there that do want to run your first race, just familiarize yourself with where you're running and, and what things can look like for you. You don't want to find yourself getting lost at the, the starting or you know not being able to find the start and stop finish line. Um, on race day, you want to already know where you want it, where you need to go and have all those things kind of mapped out. So we did all that. And then we went on and, and found a place to go eat so that we can get some carbs in. Um, 
After that, we needed to do about a two-mile shakeout run. So shakeout runs are always a good thing to do before a race just because you don't want you don't want to be stiff and, and you know, kind of out of practice, which which some people can report that when they have too many days off, they just feel out of whack. So doing a, a low mileage shakeout run is always just a good way to to, to grease the groove, if you will, and to, to knock the cobwebs off if you have been doing a little bit of resting just because I, I tapered for about two weeks going into the marathon. I wanted to make sure that I was fresh. So the week of the marathon, I had basically two four-mile runs and then a two-mile run. So I went from doing anywhere between like 30 and 40 miles down to essentially eight prior to that shakeout run. So making sure that things were still moving, we did a two-mile shakeout run. We actually ran on a portion of the course that I was going to run in my marathon. So that was kind of cool. Being on the course for the first time didn't happen actually on race day. So that was, you know, a good way for me to make sure I was familiar and to know actually where I was in the course because this was at one of the turnaround points that we ran. So um, anyways, knocked out our shakeout run and then made our way to the hotel. Um, got a good night's sleep. The hotel was great. You know, things were working out good. We actually vlogged the entire experience. So if you want to go and check out the vlog, it's on the YouTube channel. You just need to, um, uh, just search coach Cody Smith on YouTube and you'll be able to pull me up. But we, we vlogged the entire thing. So we got a good night's sleep, woke up early with the race. I needed to be there by 7am. So she, uh, her and I got up at, uh, 5am, made sure we went through our normal breakfast routine, uh, also, another lesson there is always make sure that your routine for your race nutrition, your race day nutrition, has been practiced. We did, I did the same exact pre-race nutrition for weeks and weeks leading up to um, the races that I do. So I, it was already in the cards, the exact process and systems that I use to get ready. So um, did a normal supplements and breakfast that morning, and then we headed out to the race. Got there on time, but here, here's where where things got crazy. It was pouring rain and cold and windy. So lucky for me, I made sure that I had the the proper undergarments and, um, you know, did run in shorts that day, which is not typically what I'll do, but I ran in shorts just because I wanted to make sure that, you know, with it being raining, I didn't want to have extra weight on me from having just like wet sweatpants or, or joggers or anything like that. So I went with shorts, which wasn't a bad call. And then I uh, had my windbreaker jacket on on top of that. So um, had all the things I needed to do. And then um, the race started and, you know, off we go. So the entire course was flat for the most part. There was one pretty decent hill in the beginning that wasn't too challenging. Obviously, we were super fresh. And then um, the, the remaining course was flat. I had the opportunity to run this race, actually, with a, a good friend of ours. She used to be a coach here at Virtuous uh, named Jen. Shout out to Jen for, for being an amazing running, uh, running buddy. But uh, her and I, you know, inside of a marathon, they'll typically have, like, pacers out there that will pace, you know, specific lengths or, or we'll pace specific time so that you can kind of settle with them. And, and if you run their pace, you'll get that time. So because we knew we wanted to go sub four, we decided to put ourselves between the 350 group and the 340. So the three hour and 50 minute and the three hour and 40 minute group. So we got in between those two groups and we held strong. I mean, the course was amazing. We were running next to the, the Puget Sound, or not the Puget Sound, forget what body of water that is, but we were running next to the water, um, this, this large bay and sound. And um, at one point they had an entire highway shut off, 
which was really, really cool. So, um, the, everything from the, the carb load to the routines, everything set the stage for, you know, this race to go exactly as planned. So, um, I had planned initially before the race had started to do one gel pack every six miles. So, um, what I did, you know, was to make sure that at every mile, you know, mile six, mile 12, mile 18, mile 24, I was very adamant about getting my gel packs in. So, um, that was part of the process that went really, really well. Um, the race was absolutely great. You know, everything went completely as planned. Um, you know, the pace that we had kind of landed on was, um, you know, for, for, for Jen and I both, we knew that we wanted to, to stay above sub four. We set ourselves with that pace group, and that was about an 8.10 to 8.30 minute per mile pace that we needed to hold. And we held that. You know, I remember we ran at the half marathon point, at the 13-mile point. We both had run, I think her first half marathon she ever did was like an hour and 57 minutes, and my first one was 144. At the half marathon point, we are at 150, and everything was feeling good. You hear so much about in marathons people taking, you know, taken off too fast and, you know, finding themselves in trouble towards the end of the race. And that was not something that, uh, that we both had really, um, we, we both paid good attention to that and, and held ourselves at bay. I mean, there were periods of time where I could have easily ran, you know, a seven to seven, seven, 15 minute per mile pace and chose to stay off the gas and to just kind of keep it cruising. Um, you know, about mile one through five, everything was nice <clears throat> going as planned. You know, course was flat. Mile six hit my gel. Seven, eight, nine, ten, everything was going good. Eleven, you know, we hit one turnaround point and started coming back to the main part. There was a couple different, like, you know, veins of the course, if you will, where you would basically go out and, and, and turn around down, the, down these long lengths of road and, and sidewalks and things like that. So, you know, at the turnaround point, um, I think I believe it was like mile 11 or so. Everything was still in point. Did my gel at 12, 13, 14, 15. Everything's still going good. 16, still good. 17, good. 18, took my gel. And then at 19 and 20, that's where things um, started to get kind of crazy. So you always hear about these lengths, and that's when things, you know, uh, where the race really begins. You know, the everything up, I would say, until mile 20, completely as planned. Everything was good. The race paces were good. We stayed at the splits we needed to, you know, in, intra-race nutrition was on point. Um, everything was where it needed to be. And then at mile 18 and 19, that's when things started to get, um, started to kind of go downhill. So what I mean by downhill is it wasn't like I was a complete train wreck, but what did start to happen was I started to notice that the little aches and pains that were very minor in the beginning really started to, you know, get bad, if you will. So I started to feel uh, just a little bit of a pulse in my quads and my hamstring. Um, I started to notice that my hip flexors were starting to get tight. Both of my ankles started to, you know, I, I'll say hurt, but there was just like a, a very, uh, I'd say, intermediate ache in them. And, um, started to cause concern because I noticed that my pace was starting to slow down a little bit. And most of this was in, in preparation for the, the remaining five to six miles. Once I rolled over 20, I, I anticipated being 19 and 20 and into 21 because prior to the race, 
21 miles was the furthest I'd been. And I remember at about mile 20 and a half, I really started to find myself fatigued. So I kind of started to expect that as the, that mileage got closer and closer. I knew my nutrition was on point. I knew my carb load was good. My sodium intake had been good. Everything was right. And I just needed, I know that that last five to six miles was just going to be where the fight started. So rolled over mile 20. This is when um, Jen and I started to separate. She's a fantastic runner. She is so good at getting her, uh, she, she runs far more than I do and is like much more disciplined, I would say. And uh, she's just a phenomenal athlete. She's been beating the crap out of me in workouts for as long as I can remember. She was was part of a few different competition teams that we put together, and she always performs at top tier. So um, I knew at a certain point that I was going to fall off of that pace. And um, luckily for me, it didn't fall too behind. She finished, I think, like two or three minutes before me. So it wasn't like I fell back so far. But that's when our separation started. So um, we came out of the the large flat portion of the course where we were kind of running on different highways and things like that that were closed down for us and we we made this right turn after this hill onto this gravel path if you will that went around this warehouse where the course had gone and I remember coming down that hill and starting to make that turn and just little changes in the terrain and stepping down and off curves really I I found myself feeling extremely labored with any sort of step that we made. So I made that turn off into that gravel road. And um, before I did, I hit up an aid station that had uh, Noom electrolyte waters. And um, I took two of those in a regular water, um, just pound back three cups really quick. And then uh, I was back on my way. So running around this gravel road and I felt maybe the, the water and the electrolytes after, you know, five, six minutes started to kind of get where they needed to. And I was able to pick my pace back up and, and slowly kind of, uh, basically roped Jen back into where she was within like an arm's length of me. Um, so we're, we're going down this highway. We're mile 21, 22, 23. And we get to this portion of the race where we pass by a, a police officer who was basically blocking off the road for us. And um, he's, you know, keep going straight ahead. <laughs> we look ahead and there's this overpass that is basically straight up into the, and then you go across this overpass to the left into this neighborhood. And we see these people that are running along this, you know, ridge over top of the highway. And in my mind, I I realized that I'm not even, you know, when you're at 23 miles, you feel like you're so close because you've run 23. But the reality was as uh, things were starting to fall apart for me, I, I, every mile was going to be labored. And the very thought of what three miles actually was in visual distance, which is, uh, just, it makes you feel a certain way. So, you know, we, I, I basically make a comment to Jen and I said, oh my gosh, do we have to run up there? And she was like, I think so. You know, she's in trouble too. She's having a, you know, you don't run a marathon and, and not find yourself in a, in a fight at any time. So at that time we, we began our climb up this, this overpass and, you know, I, Looking back at it now, it probably wasn't as straight up as it felt. But in that moment, after running 23 miles, my, my legs were just just so achy, so tired, so worn out. Little things like just 
realizing that your feet are actually skipping the ground because they're barely coming off before each step and, and you can't really make them come up any higher because your hip flexors are so fatigued. So we're making this climb. We make this, this left across this overpass and we go across the highway on this walkway and we, we spill out into this neighborhood and they had a race director there that was basically pointing you in the right direction. And she points us straight down and we're basically running across these, these crossroads of these neighborhoods and they are slanted uh, and they're, they're going downhill. So you have to like lean to the side to run. And we pass a runner who is on her way back and she goes pretty crazy hill up there. <laughs> and uh, Jen and I at the time were just like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that we have, you know, another hill. We're on the backside of this run. So uh, made it to about mile 24 and then we see the hill you guys as 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 real as i am on this you know speaker whether you're listening to me on airpods or your car speakers whatever it may be this hill was straight up you try to run but you're it's it, it was as if i was climbing a st- a very steep staircase so you get to the top of this and you're in this neighborhood and your legs are completely thrashed and you've got basically um, another half a mile down these sidewalks before you hit this turnaround point. So um, down the sidewalks I go, give the turnaround person a high five and, um, you know, make my trek back. So start heading back, mile 25, the, um, the 350 pacers pass me. I go into a little bit of a panic because I worry that the four-hour pacer is going to catch me as well. And I kind of looked over my shoulder and I didn't even see the four-hour pacer, which means I still was probably about 10 minutes ahead. So kept going, kept going, kept running. Um, Turn on to what is basically one of the last legs of this race before you come across the finish line. And I drop my GoPro. Again, I mentioned I vlogged this entire thing. So um, my hands had become so numb that I couldn't tell that I wasn't squeezing the GoPro anymore. And um, dropped it, rolled out into the road. Luckily, there was no traffic. And stopped for a second. And bending down to pick my GoPro off the ground, that's when I realized how truly tired and stiff I was, is because the very act of picking something off the ground was was and it was just excruciating so pick my gopro up finish uh going down the road and uh see the 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 start finish line and was able to pick up my pace and uh ran across the start finish line it was awesome my wife's standing there cheering me on um it's pouring down rain it's winding they announce your you know they announce your name when you run across the thing so hearing my name announced as i ran across the finish line knowing that i had completed 26.2 miles was easily, I would say within the past few years, one of the most fulfilling feelings that I have had. And it's just something special about going and doing hard things like that, that uh, I think everybody should experience something like that. Because for at least an hour of that marathon, that took three hours and 51 minutes, an hour of that was just a pure mental battle of talking myself out of not walking and talking myself out of not stopping the, the, you know, the last mile going from 25 to 26 felt as if it was three or four miles. Um, and after, you know, coming so far and realizing that you only have one mile and then mentally battling of whether you're going to finish or not at the last mile is absolutely insane thing to experience. But, um, Getting it done was was extremely fulfilling. So fulfilling, in fact, that at the time of recording this, literally yesterday, I signed up for a 50K, which is going to be a 31 miler in about 
six weeks from now, just simply because I am chasing that experience and I am chasing that next level of grit and, and mental strength that I, I just believe that you can only gain through doing hard things like that. So was able to get done and, uh, you know, hit my times and, and everything that I had put into it was able to kind of come to a head and to be realized in all the hard work and, and all the, the morning runs and all the evening runs and all the long runs and all the nutrition and the carbs and the recovery and the mobility and all the things that I had been doing was able to finally attribute to being able to accomplish this goal. So fast forward about five or 10 minutes, and that's when things started to go downhill. So um, walked over to this, this bench that was probably 10 to 15 yards off of where the race finish um, had, 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 you know, where the race finish was positioned, and um, everything in my body was uncomfortable. My legs, my feet, um, my my abs, my ribs, my upper back from just simply holding my arms in a running position, um, which was pulling on my neck. And I, I sat down on this bench and I could not, I, like I wanted to lay on the ground, but I didn't want to lay on the ground. I wanted to sit with my legs extended in front of me, but I didn't want to because my quads, like it was just a kind of a mess. And um, Megan's, you know, watching me go through these different emotions and um, these different kind of stages. And my running partner, Jen, she was going through these things too. She kind of got ahead of it and was able to get out of her cold, wet clothes before like all the cramps and things started. Unfortunately, I did not do that. And uh, so Megan's watching me go through all these emotions and she's like, hey, let's go get you in the car and get some, get a blanket on you. So we walk over to the car and we get into the car and she covers me with a blanket. We try to get the heater going because it's, again, it's pouring down rain, it's windy. It's a typical Washington day. And um, I, I began to like uncontrollably shiver, um, you know, teeth chattering, whole body shakes. Um, it, for me at, the, at that time, it was kind of scary just because I was actually worried. And, and this is just my brain. There was no validity to this. But I was like, man, did I, did I go too hard? Like, did I give myself, you know, am, am I in shock? Um, am I hypothermic? Like, what's, what's going on? Because I didn't realize how cold I was, and it might have just been because of the adrenaline dump of being able to knock out this goal. But we get into the car, um, and, and I'm going through these shivers. Then the cramps started. So um, I did the best I could to have, you know, nutrition during my race. I took my gel packs when I was supposed to. I carb-loaded. Um, I was taking my salt tablets. I had sodium drinks. I was getting electrolytes in at the aid stations. I was hitting basically every aid station up from mile 18 all the way until the last one at mile 24. I was hitting everyone up and getting um, Noom, which is like an electrolyte drink and water every single time on top of having my gel. So I did everything I could. Um, but once the cramps and every, I couldn't, I couldn't lay back in the car because my back would cramp and my shoulders would cramp and my neck would cramp and my quads are cramping, my hamstrings, the bottom of my feet. And I'm still, I still have my shoes on. I still have my wet clothes on. I'm shivering. It's just the worst case scenario. Um, and, and, you know, Megan was able to help me start to, you know, don't make it weird guys, but my wife was able to help me 
start undressing and like pulling my wet shirt and sweatshirt off and my wet shorts off so that I can put on some dry shorts and dry shirt and dry socks and all these things. And anytime I would move a certain way, like my body would cramp and she's like trying to pull, pull my shirt off of me. And first we got a warm shirt on me first and that slowed the, the shakes down a little bit. And then I was able to get my cold shorts off and get some sweatpants on. And we basically sat there in the heat and she's feeding me coconut water and she made me some, um, so we take a supplement called Go One More Sport, which is basically like a sodium and carb electrolyte beverage. So she gave me some Go One More Sport, and I, I'm drinking that and the um, coconut water. And then she handed me, uh, so at the end of the race, they were handing out Pop-Tarts. So she handed me um, a package that had two Pop-Tarts in it, and I ate that. And then about 10 to 15 minutes later, the my body stopped shaking and the cramps stopped, and I was able to actually get out the car, just kind of like get myself together and then put some shoes on. And, um, you know, that was that we, we then had about a two hour drive home and, uh, on the way home, I started to feel a lot better. Once I got home is when I realized how truly sore I was just the simple act of moving from the, my wife actually put up a funny video of me moving from the car to in the house, um, onto the couch was, was just quite an act, but, um, all things considered, you guys, like I, I tell you every single side of this just so you can truly get from 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 my perspective what a, a marathon can do mentally and then what it does do physically. Um, at the end of the day, I think it is an experience that everybody should have. Uh, I personally looking at it right now, being a few days removed from it, don't know what I could have done differently for nutrition and training. My mileage was on, my training was on. Um, I just think maybe just the sheer volume and experiencing that amount of miles my first time while also running um, a, a pace that was, you know, really pushing it for me and holding that pace. I mean, holding an under nine minute pace for a larger athlete like me in, you know, 30 degree temperatures in wind and rain is, you know, is, is no easy feat. And, and really exerting yourself at that level and pushing. Uh, I just think that there are certain there are certain levels that my body has not ascended to personally that maybe it ascended to that day through that experience. So um, I can't tell you guys enough how much preparation can go into a marathon. Having a good, solid, well-thought-out training program, getting the mileage, mileage in on your feet, having a routine that is practiced tried and true. Um, having a running partner goes a long way. Having my running partner there with me made that first 20 miles go by like the blink of an eye. Um, so having a running partner, um, I actually invested in a race day shoe prior to the marathon. I got a pair of the Saucony Endorphin Elites and I can't speak highly enough about those. Like um, they, you know, they're about 275 bucks. And, and I realized that that is an expensive shoe for some people, but the carbon plate and the speed roll technology that that shoe had and how I almost felt every time I would lift my heel as if I was getting pushed forward just through the roll of that plate in the bottom of the sole um, was was truly like uh, it, it made all the difference and all of these different elements coming together were why this goal was able to take place. So um, you guys, that was my experience of running my first marathon. It was an incredible experience. I think it is something that everybody should experience and one that 
I will encourage anybody in my world to, to go and to do themselves. It's something that watching a video or reading about can never, you know, it can never take you to a place. And I think the level of, you know, mental growth and, and just um, confidence that you gain, you can gain in yourself through putting in the work and doing all of the the parts of the process that can take you to that sort of event happening for you is, is something that um, having ownership over that has just brought me a, a lot of fulfillment and has made me, um, you know, feel more mentally resilient and all other things. So you guys, um, I, I want to encourage you, if you have never experienced it before, go sign up for a race. Go sign up for something. Do something hard today. Push yourself out of your comfort zone. If you always run two miles, go run three. If you've only run a half marathon, go run a marathon. If you've only done a, 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 a 10K, you know, go run a 15K. Push yourself to that next level. That's the exact reason why right when I finished running a marathon, I signed up for uh, I signed up for that um, 50K. So, or what is it? 50K. It might be 100K. Whatever it is, it's about 31 miles. That's why I signed up for that because I just simply want to experience the next level, the next thing that is going to push me and to push my body into growth and to push my mindset into a state of growth as well. So you guys, that is the full recap of the 2023 Mill Town Marathon. I appreciate you guys listening to this show and uh, I will talk to you on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Virtuous Coach Podcast. Please leave a rating and review on the platform you are listening to if you enjoyed the show. This helps us to grow and reach more people with the intent of helping people grow through the Create Yourself Mindset. See you on the next episode.